We have Netflix and Hulu and HBO Go. The volume's turned up and the lights are down low. I stream, you stream. Hello and welcome to I Stream, You Stream, the Binge Watchers podcast with Olivia and John. And welcome back. How you doing? So now we're going to talk about a little white lotus. Uh Uh-huh. Which I only heard, oh, it's so good, you have to watch it, had zero idea what it was going to be about. Yeah. Didn't even know who was in it. Right. Because that's how much I apparently live under a rock. And you know what? I'll tell you who's in it. One of my favorite actresses of all time. I've always said that I wish I was her and Chris Farley's love child, but instead I'm just my regular mom and dad's love child, and they're not famous. So thanks, mom and dad, for nothing. They are alive, though. They are alive. And so is Jennifer Coolidge. She's my favorite. She's so funny. She's so funny no matter what she does. It's funny. She could literally just say hello and it would be funny. Hello. Her and Molly Shannon, actually. Two yeah, of my surprise, abs- surprise Molly Shannon uh Surprise sighting. Molly Shannon sighting. And you know what? Okay, maybe I'm saying this wrong, but she's Ashling also- B. <laughs> Shut up. She's also in this show divorced with um Sarah Jessica Parker, which I had zero expectations for that show, and I ended up like absolutely loving it because A, Molly Shannon's in it. And then B that husband guy, I don't know his name, but he's Patrick so Patrick Dempsey. Is that him? No. Okay, um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> okay, the other person in this that I keep on seeing in everything, and she was in Euphoria, and I really loved her in that, is an actress named Sydney Sweeney. And I gotta say, you she's go, Sydney Sweeney. She's amazing. You go. She's extremely compelling. And, like, I don't. It's because she's beautiful, but it, I don't even know why. Because she's, like, smart. I don't. I cannot nail it. But she is, like, not, like, a normal... It, it doesn't matter. The point is, I'm kind of girl-crushing on Sydney Sweeney. I'm just regular crushing on the other chick. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> what other chick? Jennifer Coolidge. You mean Alexandra Daddario? Jennifer Coolidge. That's right. It better be Jennifer fucking Coolidge. No, I know. I totally also am a girl crushing on Alexandra Daddario. And you know why? It's because she has that Gorgina, blue-eye, dark hair combo, and very large breasts. And by the way, her breasts are a focal point of this show. In every shot that she's in, her cleavage is very much on display in a very, very, very in-your-face kind of way. There's no way to not notice it. It's not because we're sick. It's her purpose in this show is to be a walking pair of breasts. God bless America. 
America. America. When you're a man. No, she also has an interesting role to play, so let's not objectify her, John Jesus. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't. Like, I would actually say for a show that's pretty, pretty well written, like, her role really kind of hits one note over and over and over and over and over and over again. And not that... she's a crying walking pair of breasts. Exactly. And it doesn't wow, those breasts emote so <laughs> well. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't even start that way, but then it just like once we get there, we never get to break away from it. And the thing is, like, I get it. She did a really, really good job of having a panic attack for three episodes. Yeah. I was there with her yeah. in that moment. However, I would say that like you have Every other character gets to feel this like range of emotions and this up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah. And like, even if you're in the midst of a panic attack, like I still feel like there's got to be like the levels to it. And we just never hit the levels. We like went low and then we just stayed there. Yeah, because she's an extremely repressed person. Right. But her big moment of like realization happens off screen. It's like she has a scene where she's really sad. Then you don't see her. And then the next time you see her, she's like, it'll be okay. And it's like, where's that scene? Where's the scene where we actually get to see her like, no, at that point, we're done with her. Okay. There's bigger fish to fry. I mean, maybe you should just call up Mike White and say, hey, where did this scene go? And also congratulations because Mr. Mike White you apparently like created and wrote and directed and produced or whatever like his name was like 17 times in the titles and so i just want to say congratulations to you mike um but also i loved so much of this show because the i mean the casting was spot on the like uh location scout whatever did a great job and then also the music it the music had this way of making everything feel dangerous even though it was like happy-go-lucky hawaii time you know it's like even the simplest oh my god my alarm's going off so embarrassing but even the simplest thing like they're like snorkeling or they're like learning how to scuba dive in the pool and that music is playing and you're like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Right. Yeah. I mean, that definitely is true, but I would also, I don't know. To me, it's like, that's again, like we hit the note and yeah. then we keep hitting the note. Did you find that exhausting then? Yeah. Cause it's, I think me, it's supposed it's like, to be, it's supposed sure, to be Sure. Like but have you seen you last of the Mohicans? No. Okay, Last of the Mohicans is like a two and a half hour movie that feels like it's three and a half hours because it's one song played on repeat for the entire movie. I honestly don't know if I've seen it or not. I know that I... It's the Daniel Day-Lewis one where he plays like a white dude who gets uh, raised by Indians and then like in the British Indian War, the American Indian War or whatever, like... He fights with his Mohican tribesmen and Wow. It's but it's a anyway. it's a long <laughs> ass movie. Yeah, yeah. 
that sounds bad that sounds really it's bad. very bad um, um but that's i think to me that's just the show it starts off and i'm not going to get into spoilers but yeah. what i will say is it starts off and the first episode if you don't know it's a comedy you're like damn like there's some funny shit going on but like you don't know it's a comedy right, right. which i think is actually cool yeah because it's also the high stakes everything yeah. feels tense but there's still f- humor yeah and then there's that it's it, a it, dark it hits a really sure. good balance for the second and third there's like two episodes where i think it's the second and third or it might be the third and the fourth where it's like a lot of the main arcs of the story kind of happen in those in those episodes uh-huh. and a lot of like the tension happens and i just thought like for me mm-hmm. after three or four episodes mm-hmm. it falls off a cliff mm. hmm. you know i didn't i can see why that might happen to someone but I didn't feel the same way because I was like very intoxicated by the show because the writing is so good and the acting is so good. And then the images themselves are just so juicy. Like, are you kidding? Like I, I love escaping to Hawaii without actually having to visit because apparently no one in Hawaii wants anyone to visit. Is what I've been seeing. Well, because they don't have water. Yeah, they they're like, please stop, tourists, please stop it. You're ruining everything. Please stop it. But um, anyways, beyond that, uh, I just felt like the conversations were so uh realistic in a lot of ways and poignant, but also heightened, like uh, you know whatever. But like I loved that. Like, for example, the fact that the the kids don't mind speaking about, like, sex and, like, drugs and stuff like that. Like, like they're not trying to, like, you know, abuse drugs in front of their parents. But, like, you know, the point is, is, like, the parents are fucking unfazed because kids aren't, like, at least, I mean, we don't like we d- barely censor ourselves in front of our parents, and I feel like that isn't like shown enough. Right. We should actually mention that we watched this with my parents. Yeah, we watched. Still living it with my parents. For one more week. And uh, ten out of ten would not recommend. Nope, not for a year and a half. But you know what? No, I meant watching it with your parents. Oh. <laughs> I'd give it at least a year and a half. I'd give it. A, no. I mean, I would definitely do it for it at least a year, but a year and a half is starting to push it. It's been a long time. No, I. Yes, it's well written. I think to me, like this comes back to, it. It hits. It hits certain emotional drums. Yeah. And then that just does that for six episodes. Like Whatever. there's the I'm two guys. There's so the whole room drum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's drama with like one guy not getting the right room. Mm-hmm. And once they start that, it just goes and goes and goes. And I get it. That's that's the show. That's what this show's that's doing. That's also that character, and that's right. like that type of that person. That gets like. But it's also at a certain so point, like when you're watching it. I think I'm just saying, like. T- for me, 
It just mm-hmm. that I I didn't you know after a certain point it's like okay we we get it you know and that's I'm just there's a difference between a slow burn that then like has like a epic payoff and mm-hmm. then a slow burn that just kind of has a slow burn and I feel like a lot of this season is like a slow burn for a slow burn and then the last shot I will just say like the last shot also makes zero sense and we're just I'm just gonna say right now spoilers. Um, the last shot where he's on the fucking canoe and he's on the boat Mm -hmm. rowing the boat. No, 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 no. They don't take off on the plane if that kid's not on the plane. The way that family does shit, this isn't fucking home alone. That kid's not rowing the fucking canoe at the end of that season. I'm sorry. But it's like that. No, 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 but it's little shit like that. Like, why does it have to end that way? I actually liked it. Why? Um, well, because, okay, so everyone has an arc in this, mostly, and that kid, you know, he starts off, he's there, and he's, like, obsessed with his tablet and video games and his phone, and he freaks out when he, when those things break, and it's a big deal, and he's, like, socially awkward and they find out he has no friends and his sister's dick to him and then and then he more than anyone else has this sort of like awakening and is like the most changed by the end and I would say changed for the better sure and I'm not arguing that what I'm arguing is that he is that it doesn't make sense that he'd be on that canoe. And it Okay, it well... I also just think the way they set it up, and, and this was my issue once we got to episodes five and six of the way they set it up, is the very first scene is like, we heard somebody died at the White Lotus, or somebody was killed at the White Lotus, and the guy's like, yeah, that body's on our plane. And then you spend a little bit of time being like, ooh, is this like a murder mystery? No, it's not a murder mystery. But then at a certain point, you know exactly what's going to happen. And I think that's the other thing that's frustrating to me is I think if they didn't set up that there was a dead body at the beginning, Mm -hmm. that the actual murder Mm -hmm. and the death would have been more would have had more of a of an impact because it would have been an actual shock and that would have really see but i don't think so at all because i think you had to sort of like set the tone because that gave everything an extra sense of danger because you're like oh somebody is gonna die who is it gonna be and then you're like trying to think of like who's the most likely person to die in this situation you know Right, I get that. And what that I'm saying is, like I feel like that's like a cheap. Making all of the moments feel more dangerous. Because like every interaction, even if it's just like something small, you're like, oh well, that could be the thing that like sets off the chain of events. Yeah, it feels cheap to me. Wow, he's high class. No, 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 no. I just <laughs> listen. It wasn't. God damn it. <laughs> high high production value 
again, I just the more that I sit with this show, mm-hmm. and th- and actually right after it was done, like somebody you know was like, oh, there's gonna be a second season. I don't think I need to watch it. It's gonna be another uh, family of white people going and destroying wherever they're visiting. May, yeah, I, no matter what it is, it's just Endlessly a little bit of fascinating. like. <laughs> it's a little to me. It's like a little bit in a different way of like Big Little Lies season one was amazing. Big Little Lies season two didn't do it for me. And this show to me oh. felt like all of Big Little Lies 1 and 2 wrapped up into one where it's like you had some really, really, really poignant moments, some really, really funny moments and some really, really like serious, scary moments. Well, OK. So and what then I w- you also had some unnecessary dr- drudge and hey, g- props to them for making it happen in six episodes rather than two seasons. But I also felt like it still, it was like, it could have been a three-part miniseries. It could have been a four-part miniseries. Whatever. I don't, I've had enough season. of you talking shit about this show because, you know, I think that it did a lot of things right, which was that it showed the danger in the everyday. And, like, these people are having, people are having different conversations at home than they are publicly and it kind of like showed that you know on the outside a lot of people kind of like try and really really like stick to like one camp like I believe this and so I believe this this and this but then like when you really get to like actually talk to someone you find out like oh okay this woman is like you know clearly she's like a liberal working a strong you know independent woman and you know trying to keep the whole freaking like family together or whatever and like Hillary Clinton is like one of her role models but yet she's also sitting there saying yeah like I just feel bad for my son because it's so hard for young white men these days and so you're like oh okay like that's not something that you would necessarily expect that woman to say and it's like the truth is is and I was saying this the other day is that like people are not black and white you know what I mean like you can like be like a super you know quote unquote like liberal democrat and still you know I don't know something believe something else that like would seemingly make you something else and I think that's like really I don't know I think that that's like really interesting to see on screen because like so often like I don't know I think with like lazy writing people become very like two-dimensional and then also like I thought that they were having like like um, very interesting conversations like the dad when he says you know nobody seeds their privilege it goes against human nature it's like well shit I mean yeah like I don't think that that means that that's right but like that's like a pretty legit statement like no one does seed their privilege really like it really does apparently go against human nature um, you know, and like 
I don't know. I just think it's like I, I thought it, that there were a lot of conversations that were really fascinating. And the other thing that I <laughs> found was fascinating was like this couple, they have, you know, little marital issue, which is that like, I mean, this is a total spoiler, but we've already been spoiling it. So here we go. Um, you know, he had like cheated on her in the past and like now they, you know, they don't, they're still together, but like. And, like, they function, but, like, there's not, you know, all the spark has died. The, the, the romance is gone, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he's, like, complaining, like, I just want somebody to respect me. And, like, uh, you know, and she's, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, get over yourself, whatever. And then he ends up, like you know sort of like quote unquote like saving her even though we all know she probably would have been fine at the end of the day (laughs) and uh anyways and so then their whole relationship changes all of a sudden because he saved her and she says like you're my hero and like that's all this guy has been wanting for so long and it's like so funny it's like straight white man and maybe any man just wants to be the hero of the story and like he even I think he even said that at some point earlier in the show and then finally he gets to be a hero and then it like saves their relationship all of a sudden they're like back in love and they like have sex again and it's like so funny and you know he even says something about like you know, we're all just monkeys, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, God, like, no matter how smart or, like, how far along you are, like, something like that that is just, like, so animalistic is, you know, maybe all you need or something. I don't know. It's like, anyways, I just thought it was very, very smart and showed, like, the despicableness of a lot of people but also the complexity of a lot of people and I think most of the characters start one way you think they're gonna change you think they're gonna have this big breakthrough and you're ready for them to have it and then they all shrink back into their comfort zone back into their places of privilege back into whatever mode they were using to survive they shrink right back into it except for the sun I don't disagree <laughs> sorry I just spoke for a very long time I agree <laughs> I mean I just had a lot to say and you were talking a lot of shit so right and I stand by everything I like <clears throat> I think that's the thing like you and I don't need to be in lockstep over no. every single thing that we watch not. and like obviously this show hit you way harder than it hit me but i think everything that you're saying about everybody falling back into place and all that yeah it didn't need six episodes to to achieve that and I think that that's a really good point, though. You go on vacation and everybody thinks like, oh, I'm, you know, going to change or like, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's no real life's about to happen. 
but also it's just it winds up something that like I guess to me it it's this heightened reality that it it goes one step too far and it tries to get cute right at the end. And like there's cute moments, but it's just like them canoeing in the sunset. Just I don't know. I was just I felt a little bit like why are we trying to do a happy ending now? <laughs> like after all that, like why are we doing a happy ending? I mean, I hear you, but it's a little bit um almost like a Greek tragedy, you know? No. With the guy, with the one guy, with the hotel manager. But I, I don't know. Your Honor's Greek tragedy, where like one event sparks everything else. Exactly, and that's exactly what happens in this show. It's like, even your dad said this. This whole thing happened because that guy couldn't just admit right from the beginning that he made a mistake and double booked the, the room. Right. So that sets off everything else that happens. Sure. So it's okay. And neither one of them can like let go. And so they both keep on propelling themselves and each other forward until they reach the point where tragedy happens. But it didn't feel tragic to me. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't tragic. We knew it was coming. If you were paying any attention to like the whole thing and once the once this like fucking you know stag fight starts to go on and they're batting heads like you if you're paying any fucking attention you know he's gonna die you know it's gonna happen it wasn't like a complete surprise but and then they they show he's like i'm gonna have this knife in the room well yeah of course that's how it goes like that's what they say. Like, if you see a gun on stage, it's going to get used. Get no, used. I know. But what I'm saying is it's just like it kind of. It gets very heavy handed. And I think like what I liked about the start of it was that it felt more. Not whimsical, but like it, it was funny where it was like the girl's pregnant. And he's like, I didn't know she was fucking pregnant. But he's having that moment where he's like, I fucked up. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like he's he's got sort of self-awareness, but then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you'd think if he had that shred of self-awareness, he could take a step back. And be like, I might, you know, say something, but I don't know. I just to me. It didn't hit me the same way. Yeah. And I didn't it didn't at the end. It didn't leave me feeling like, oh, I get to watch journeys. It left me going like, damn. Some of that was great. Some of that wasn't great. Boom. Half scoops. Well, I give it a bunch of scoops and... Um, like, I was ready for it. I ordered the full double scoop. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just realized I ordered too much. Yeah, so, you know, John thinks it's a classic. Starts off strong. Ends not so strong. And, you know, I might sort of agree with you, but I still just really appreciate... Actually, it's not even starts off. It's like Game of Thrones. Like, starts off intriguing, gets really good, mm-hmm. and then just falls off a cliff. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm kind of with you on that. However, I still, at the end of the day, 
think it is worth a watch for sure. And thought, I don't. Okay. Okay, John, my God. I don't. I don't think it's necessary. We're going to have to settle this with a thumb war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got okay, guys, thumbs. you know what? You're just going to have to watch it for yourself. And Code word is thumb war. Yep. Bye. Ashling, if you're listening, email iStreamUStreamPodcast at gmail.com. Bye.